Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Monash Musculoskeletal Research Unit podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Luke Perriton. I'm delighted today to have an MMRU member and Monash PhD student, Sanam Tabakoli, in or on the podcast um, to talk about her PhD findings. And we'll get straight on with the conversation. Sanam, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Luke. Thank you for having me. I'm really um, happy that you've said yes to come along to the conversation because I think everyone's going to be quite interested in what you're doing, the work you're doing in Achilles tendinopathy and, you know, you're, you're a clinician, you're a physiotherapist and, you know, biomechanics background and, um, you know, the work you're doing is really interesting and we, it's important to turn the mic on and talk about it and let other people know. So thanks for yeah, coming thank you. I'm happy to talk about my project and thank you for inviting me. Excellent. Let's start with your background. Let's go from, from the beginning. So tell us a little bit about your background first as a physio and a PhD student, and how did you get to where you are now? Yeah, I graduated with bachelor's and master's degree in physiotherapy. Uh, since then, I've worked in public and private musculoskeletal clinics with the main focus on uh, foot and ankle injuries. And my uh, research background is mainly on movement analysis in uh, people with chronic ankle instability. Uh, then I moved to Australia to pursue my PhD at Monash University. And currently I'm uh, working in Achilles tendinopathy. Excellent. Tell us a little bit about your PhD, perhaps from the top. Uh, yeah, my PhD is about ankle plantar flexor impairments in uh, people with Achilles tendinopathy, and we want to know whether these impairments could affect uh, their function and their daily uh, physical activity. But, uh, you know, because of COVID lockdown, the direction of my PhD has been changed a lot. And currently, I'm using uh, variable sensors in people with Achilles tendinopathy to monitor their daily activities, to monitor their uh, walking, uh, and we want to know how pain, which is an important uh, impairment in Achilles tendinopathy, could affect their uh, daily activities. And also, we want to monitor their uh, load management strategies uh, during daily life. Excellent. So why, um, if I go back a step, why is it important to know about the relationship between impairments and function and physical activity? And what will that help us to understand about Achilles tendinopathy? Uh, one of the biggest challenge in the rehabilitation of people with Achilles tendinopathy is that these people need to uh, undergo a long-term rehabilitation program. It usually takes at least 12 weeks uh, until six months or one year. And most of these programs and most part of this program is uh, unsupervised and home-based. So this really use the adherence of uh, people to exercises. And we know that modification of uh, daily physical activities in response to pain is really important for these people because load mismanagement is one of important risk factors in Achilles tendinopathy and people with load mismanagement could have poor rehabilitation outcomes. For example, people who are who have low pain but still uh, they, they don't do their exercises or they are sedentary uh, they may have poor rehabilitation outcomes or people who are uh, highly active, but at the same time, they have severe pain. 
uh, these people also could have poor rehabilitation outcomes. So it is important to monitor load management strategies in these people to optimize their exercise, to modify their uh, physical activity. That's why in this study, uh, we hope to develop a method to monitor load in these people to see how they manage their load in daily life in response to pain. And we are using a variable sensors to monitor proxies of load measures. Um, and then we want to know whether there is any relationship between proxies of daily load measures and pain in this population. And if there is any association, then we, we can use these measures uh, in the future studies um, as a method to monitor their management, load management strategies, and to optimize uh, load management uh, rehabilitation programs. Because uh, it is really difficult to estimate the load which is imposed on the tendon. Uh, you need some invasive methods uh, or you need several variable sensors to estimate the load. But in this study, we are just using one sensor that the participant need to wear at ankle, and then we are measuring proxies of load measures such as shank velocity, peak acceleration, and walking speed, which are proxy for ankle power, um, impact loading, and also their daily physical uh, activity that um, help us to use in future study as a rehabilitation outcome or as a method to monitor load in this uh, population. And quite possibly in the future, there'll be with technology developing it as the rate that it does, that there will be some clinically feasible or, you know, low cost versions of the IMU technology yeah, people will be using. Yeah, exactly. Our main study is like feasibility study. We want to know whether it is acceptable for people to use the sensor and whether um, the adherence to use the sensor is high. So uh, we monitor their pain. We want to know whether they are happy to report their pain continuously. Uh, yeah, so that's why in this study, we're just um, assessing feasibility and some uh, preliminary analysis between uh, pain and load measures. How does this, how does your approach here differ from um, other types of research approaches for, for asking the same questions? So it's, it's quite a novel approach, and which is really why uh, I wanted to chat to you on the podcast about it. Yeah, um, most of the studies on Achilles uh, tendinopathy, they have like a loading program, progressive loading program that uh, in response to pain, we increase the amount of load and, you know, we, we modify load parameters such as volume, uh, intensity or duration of loading on the tendon. Um, but the novelty about our study is that it's not just about therapeutic exercises. We just want to have an insight into the, the participants' daily life, their daily physical activity. And uh, I can say that to, based on our knowledge, this is maybe the first study to monitor their daily activities. Uh, and most of previous studies uh, looked at uh, adherence to therapeutic exercises or they just um, report physical activity based on self-reported measures or based on some questionnaires um, to see whether they are modifying their, act, their daily activities based on pain. But um, this is the first study to have like objective monitoring of load. It's not just based on self-reported questionnaires. 
um, yeah, this is the novelty part of our study. Yeah, so stay tuned, everyone, for the findings. But you know, there's a, certainly a different way of looking at it, and yeah, really interesting. So look, let's. We I did promise you we were going to talk about your systematic review, and then yeah, I found you know I, th- I thought that would be quite interesting for everyone to hear about your main PhD studies and what you're doing. So let's let's take a step back. So you mentioned the COVID disruptions that we've all been experiencing and then a change of direction in your PhD. So your first PhD study, systematic review, and it's been published. I'll put the link to your study in the show notes for everyone to look up and have a read of. But it's a different um, different type of question, um, a different angle. Tell yeah. us all about it. Yeah, my systematic review is still is about the relationship between impairments and function. But, you know, because we changed the direction of uh, my PhD, now I'm just focusing more on pain. But my systematic review is about the association between um, ankle plantar flexor strength and balance and, and walking speed in healthy people. Um, the reason to do this research is that strength and balance is assumed to be linked. Both of these measures are affected strongly by, by aging process. Uh, and most of balance assessment methods include muscle performance assessment, especially strength uh, measurements. Uh, but in 2015, a systematic review was published and the results of that study showed that there is no association between strength and balance and walking speed. And it seems that these measures have a completely independent mechanisms. But still, there are some evidence that show that some muscle groups could have more contribution to balance and uh, walking speed compared to others. And some of simulation studies show that ankle plantar flexor has a major role in controlling balance and in recovering balance after forward perturbation. And because in Achilles tendinopathy, we have several impairments in ankle plantar flexor strength, we wanted to know whether there is any association between um, strength in ankle plantar flexors and uh, balance and walking speed in healthy people. Then we, uh, we wanted to look at this, the same association in people with Achilles tendinopathy. But our um, systematic review uh, was done on different age groups, on younger, middle-aged, and um, older adults. And also, um, we wanted to know uh, whether the association is different by task, by balance task, or by different uh, types of strength uh, measurements. Um, it is important because to, to uh, it is important to separate age groups because older people have um, severe impairments in ankle plantar flexor strength. We have evidence that every year two um, percent reduction in ankle plantar flexor strength occur after age seventy, and the reduction in strength of this muscle group is about four four times ankle dorsiflexors until age ninety, and this could hugely affect uh, older people's function, their balance and uh, walking speed. That's why we separated um, evidence to different age groups to look at the association um, in different age groups. And um, look, I'm so glad everyone else gets to hear your wealth of knowledge on this topic. So, so um, as a PhD student gets right into the analysis and, um, and does a really good job at um, you know, quite you. rigorous research. 
but also, as you can hear, is really passionate about the topic and eventually you know, implementing this research to help people with Achilles tendinopathy. So um, really, it's always really good to chat about this. So to summarize that, I mean, one of the strengths of your systematic review, although it was in healthy people and the plan yeah. was to then look at those associations in people with Achilles tendinopathy, and that was disrupted by the uh, by COVID and our inability to get into the laboratory space and do that, as you explained. But, you know, so a strength of your systematic review was you know, the fact that you've looked at different age groups. Were there any other strengths that you wanted to mention or any other limitations to the systematic review that readers should be aware about? Another strength, uh, yeah, could be, you know, we have some systematic reviews on the association between strength and uh, balance, but in those systematic reviews, uh, meta-analysis wasn't performed for this specific muscle group or specific balance measures. Um, this is important because, uh, as I said before, uh, different muscle groups could have different contribution in uh, balance control. So in this study, we only picked up ankle plantar flexors as, a, as an important muscle group that could uh, you know, affect balance. Uh, and also, you know, we have, we have uh, we, we separated the strength measures to different types of strength measures like isometric, isokinetic, uh, rate of torque development, early phase and late phase rate of torque development, endurance testing to see whether different types of strength measures could affect balance differently. Yeah, so from your work and from the work of previous researchers, we know that the ankle plantar flexors are really important for balance. So how do we apply this in the clinic? Yeah, the results of our systematic review uh, showed that the association between strength and balance is influenced by age and by task. This means that older people showed stronger association between strength and balance compared to younger people. And also there was moderate positive association between strength, isometric strength measurements and dynamic reactive and proactive balance in um, older people, while this, the same association was weak in young and middle-aged people. And this is important because um, we know that older people have impairments in ankle plantar flexor uh, muscles. And during dynamic, during challenging dynamic tasks, we need a larger amount of strength to, to recover balance and to control our balance. But older people have less uh, relative, have like higher, sorry, higher relative effort. This means that they use higher percentages of their maximum strength in daily life. So when the task is challenging, older people doesn't have enough reserve capacity to increase their torque, to control their balance during challenging tasks, such as dynamic reactive tasks, which is tasks uh, controlling balance during on predicted situations. So you need to have a higher torque to control a balance in these situations. Uh, but because older people doesn't have enough reserve capacity, um, lower strength, lower isometric strength in ankle plantar flexor strength would affect their balance more than younger people or middle-aged people. That's why we see higher association in um, older people. And the other interesting results of our study was that early phase rate of torque development in ankle plantar flexor has a positive moderate association in both uh, younger 
and older age groups, it is important because during daily life, we need a timely generation of uh, torque uh, because most of our activities occur less than uh, 30 milliseconds. And um, while we need a higher than, um, sorry, 300 milliseconds, while we need um, more than 300 milliseconds during uh, daily life to, to increase torque and to reach to maximum torque. That's why early phase rate of torque development, it's more important than maximal strength because it is more about the initial phase of uh, muscle contraction. It's about the ability to produce force rapidly. And uh, we see that early phase um, uh, rate of torque development is important in both young and older adults. Uh, from clinical point of view, this shows that when we want to improve balance in young adults, rate of torque development could be more important than maximal strength because they, there is weak association between maximal strength and balance in older in young people, but rate of torque development has a stronger association. Uh, but in older people, both maximal strength and rate of torque development could be important um, to improve balance, but still we, I need to emphasize that our study was just only about association. It's just correlation coefficient between strength and balance, and this is uh, this is not cause and effect relationship. Uh, that's why we need uh, more studies to be run on the transfer effect of strength training on balance, especially about rate of torque development. Um, in older and uh, younger adults, because based on our systematic review, there was limited evidence on um, training of rate of torque development. And there are some studies that show, shows that improvement in uh, maximal strength is not correlated with improvement in rate of torque development. And these two strength measurements should be trained and should be assessed separately and independently. Yeah. Sanam, you've asked all my follow-up questions. And look, such a good, <laughs> comprehensive answer. And look, that, so. that is really going to um, that's really going to give listeners a, um, a sneak preview of what the research you've been doing is all about. They can look out for look out for your studies that are going to be published and have a look at your systematic review that's been published. Where can listeners follow you online or find out more information? The social media. Uh, yeah, my Twitter handle is at Sanam Tavakoli, and I'd be happy to, you know, to answer any questions regarding the systematic review or other studies. And I also, they can follow up on ResearchGate. Uh, all my um, articles are on ResearchGate. And we'll put the links to the article and Thank your you. social media handles in the show notes. So look them up and make sure you ask Sanam a question if you've got one and connect with her online. Uh, well, let's leave it there, Sanam. I'm sure it won't be the last chat we have on the podcast, but I really appreciate you breaking the ice. Thank you. Thanks, Luke. Until Thank next you. time. Thanks, Sanam. See you. Bye.